welcome to another episode of Planet Possible. We're delighted to be back with you with more insightful guests and evidence-led discussion about topics that are critical to the way we manage our water and environment. A huge thanks to Skube, who are our season sponsor for season four, and you'll hear a little bit more about Skube later. We're really grateful for their support. If you're new to Planet Possible, I'm Nikki Roach, and alongside being a passionate advocate for all things water and environment, I'm a fellow of SIWEM, which is the Chartered Institution of Water and Environmental Management. Our members in over 90 countries are professionals with a breadth and depth of expertise in the topics that are shaping the future of our planet. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about something a little bit different. I'm joined by three fantastic guests who are all working in the water and environment sector in the UK. They're each at different stages in their careers, and we're going to explore the journeys that they've taken, some of the challenges they've faced on their way, and reflect a little bit on what they might tell their younger selves. So let's get into the discussion. I'm joined by Hannah Coogan, Claire Rogers, and Emma Sherburn. So a very warm welcome to all of you to Planet Possible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely to have you here. So let's start by finding out a little bit about each of you to begin to understand how and why you are where you are today. So Emma, let's kick off with you. Thanks, Nikki. Hi, I'm Emma Sherbin. I'm a graduate at Mott McDonald working in their water consultancy division. I predominantly work in the carbon management and net zero space there, working with water companies to um, reduce carbon emissions and work towards the goal of net zero. Um, I'm also going for my chartership with SIWEM, um, which will be in the next few years, and I'm a trustee at the Nottinghamshire Wildlife Trust. Fantastic. Thanks, Emma. That's wonderful. Hannah, how about you? Hi, everyone. I'm Hannah Coogan. So I've worked in the flood and coastal sector for 20 years, having graduated with a geography degree. I'm currently a regional delivery director with Binnies and I head up their Birmingham office and I'm also the SIWEM vice president and a board trustee. Lovely. And last but by no means least, Claire. Hi, Nikki. Thanks. Um, Claire Rogers. Uh, I'm based in Yorkshire. I work at the Environment Agency. I'm part of one of our senior leadership teams working on the sustainable delivery and operation of our flood defence schemes. Uh, I'm also a fellow of SIWEM. I'm also and a member of the board of directors for the River Restoration Centre. And also I have two small children and I work four days a week. So what do you do with the other half of the week then, Claire? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Record podcasts mostly. <laughs> Well, thank you for all making the time, really. There's a lot of juggling going on already. I'm really interested to know, I guess, to begin with, why you all thought of joining the water and environment sector. So, Emma, let's come to you first, because you're the most recent joiner, if you like, really. Why why this space? Yeah, it was something that I fell into, really. So I've always been interested in the environment and society, and I feel like the water sector sort of marries those two together really nicely. So it wasn't something that when I was at school, I was passionate about the water sector. I didn't really know much about water companies or the water sector as a whole. I just knew that I was interested in the environment and protecting it. And then when I was at university, uh, I was looking for internships and different opportunities, started Googling different things, um, applying for different opportunities, and and, uh, fell into, well, applied for an internship at Anglian Water and that was sort of my first introduction to the water sector um, when I was working in environmental protection getting to know all these different areas and it sort of opened the door to me so it wasn't necessarily something that was proposed to me it was just something I kind of fell into but have loved it and didn't want to didn't want to sort of look at other opportunities I was like this this offers me so many different things and there's so many different aspects to it so that's where I came into it from. I just ask you a quick follow up, actually, because I mean, I don't want to date Hannah and Claire, and I'm certainly I'm knocking on these days a bit. You know, I joined the the sector 20 plus years ago. Does it feel like somewhere as a relatively recent graduate that is appealing to join? It sounds like, you know, somewhere that you kind of came across and then once you're in, you think brilliant. But 
Do we do a decent PR job, do you think, as a sector? I think looking at it from the inside, there is so much that's going on and I'm aware of so many different things that are happening. But when I was at university, it definitely wasn't on my radar. It was only when I was looking for jobs and looking for opportunities that I identified it and saw that, oh, actually, there's some really interesting things that are going on in the water sector. I mean, that was five years ago that I was looking at internships. So it's sort of been a few years since then. And it might be that things have changed a little bit for people that are at university now and graduates now. But there's some really good stuff that's out there. But unless you're tuned into it, I think it's hard to come across it. Hannah, maybe we throw to you. I mean, why this sector in the first place? What got you into it? Well, ever since I've been a child, I've always been fascinated by the world around me. I'm really proud to call Shrewsbury my hometown, which has suffered quite badly from flooding. So certainly when I was at Sixth Form College in Shrewsbury, which is right next to the, the River Severn, you know, it was something I became incredibly interested in, which is why I chose to study geography at university. I think it's an incredibly important sector to work in because you can make a real difference to communities and the environment uh, at risk from flooding and coastal erosion. And that risk is only going to increase because of uh, climate change. But I also think it's an incredibly interesting sector to work in. There are lots of different things I've done over the last 20 years and a huge variety of things we can do to manage flooding and coastal erosion, which I don't think people necessarily realise. But that also means that no two days are the same. So it certainly kept me on my toes for 20 years and hopefully a lot longer too. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. And Claire, what about you? To be honest, it's that simple. Like, um, I really love rivers and uh, it's sad, but I've just decided to own it because um, that's just, it's been the theme for me right from the off GCSE A-level days through my degree subjects and then through my career I love working on rivers occasionally in rivers I love talking to people about what's what's cool about rivers and why we should protect them and why managing them properly is really important for us and for nature can be a bit of a challenge working in the flood risk sector where it's the default is that you see rivers as the enemy but I think we are seeing a bit of a mindset sort of shift now so people recognize that actually treating the river properly and working with those kind of natural processes that rivers follow can benefit both both us and um, the world around us um, and I think as then so that, that's sort of I've got this one passion for for making a difference to the environment on the ground and rivers in particular but then as I've progressed through my career what I love about the sector is combining that with my other passion which is leading and developing other people you know that's brought its own challenges um, which we'll talk about further today. Yeah, no, we absolutely will. Well, you're in good company, I think, Claire. I love rivers too. Rivers and maps. I mean, those mm. are, that's it. <laughs> yeah. You know, very happy. <laughs> <laughs> on uh, my honeymoon, me and my husband were on the beach at Hokum and I was fascinated. There were mudflats, there were sand dunes, <laughs> there was uh, marron grass. Uh, and I, I was stood there and I was talking through it all. And he stopped me and he said, is this a honeymoon or a geography field trip? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one and the same thing, well, I think, exactly Hannah, as far as I can say. Brilliant. So it's interesting that there's lots of themes there about, you know, whether you chose the sector or whether it found you, Emma. I think there's something about making a difference definitely feels like it's a theme that's coming out, making a difference to others and the environment that we're in, really. So I think there is something about us doing a better PR job, though, maybe, and making sure that we continue to attract equally passionate individuals as we move forward, really. From a development perspective, I guess I'm really interested in everybody's career. There are those moments that just kick your development on a little bit, really accelerate things and really exploring what some of those have been. And the title of this pod, you know, we're thinking about not just our own motivations, but how others can can support and advocate and be allies and so on and so forth. So quite close to the beginning of your career, Emma, but from your perspective, are there any moments that have really stood out that have really um, helped your progression and development up to this point? 
Yeah, I think, to be honest, that first internship that I had where I really had someone that was championing me and telling me that, you know, you've got real drive, you really want to make a difference. Um, someone that, that sort of saw some potential in me and that really wanted to kind of foster that was uh, was really beneficial for me. And I think without that, I probably would have just done the internship and then gone, OK, I learned some things from it. I'm going to maybe explore some other sectors. But because that person, so Rachel Dyson from Anglian Water at the time, she was incredible. She just was such a driving force for me looking at different areas of the water sector and I think that was part of it as well so I was doing environmental protection while I was there looking at wastewater incidents and keep it clear and and different aspects like that which already covered so many different areas of the water sector and also had that societal impact as well but having someone that was going okay we'll look at this area of the water sector look at this area of what we're doing like where where else are you interested in she gave me so many opportunities and really took an interest in me and wanted me to develop in my own direction which which I really appreciate and I think without that experience I probably would have gone okay it's been great I really loved it I got paid for the summer I've got some money for my final year of university but I'll have a look at different opportunities and maybe look at different areas of the environment sector but because of one person I think that really really did make me go back into the water sector and look at what other opportunities there were as well well it's lovely that we can give Rachel a little name check in that case because I think that's it's amazing you never know the impact you have on others I guess um Hannah how about you any kind of big moments that have stood out that have really kind of accelerated your progression yeah, I, mean, I think it's quite difficult to pick out exact moments, but I've found it easier to reflect on people that I've met on my journey along the way. Fairly early on in my career, I started volunteering for SIWAM alongside the, the day job, and I got involved in the Rivers and Coastal Group after helping to organise a study weekend in Telford in 2006. And through the Rivers and Coastal Group committee, I met some really inspirational women in senior leadership roles. Uh, some of those women had families as well, and I really saw them as role models. So particularly people like Jackie Banks, who was also one of my um, sponsors from my SIWEM fellowship, and Sarah Budd, really inspirational senior leaders. And I really looked up to them and I thought, they're further on in my career. I'm probably at the stage I am that now and sort of thought, if they can do this and they can act like this, you know, in terms of being so inspirational, knowing their subject, holding the room, then, then so can I. So definitely want to thank them um, for that. I've also, though, been really fortunate to meet lots of male allies along the way, people who have really supported me in my career. So David Pettifer, who was my manager at JBA, really supported me, got me involved in lots of different projects, took the opportunity to look for things that I'd be interested in in working with, helped me get experience in being a leader. Kevin Keating at JBA at the time, brilliant as an inspirational leader. I learned a lot from him. And then moving into local government, had an excellent manager at Staffordshire County Council, James Bailey. Again, I, I could look to these people to not only learn from, but they were also really good at giving me some honest reflection. And I think that's really important because I think it's important to build people up and say, this is what you're great at. I'd love you to try X, Y and Z. But also to go, oh, and actually just bear this in, in mind. And I say it through to my current manager, Binnie's Kevin Simpson, who's been brilliant at helping me sort of take the next step on the ladder, open my own office in Birmingham. So definitely those people have helped. And then finally, I was reflecting on the theme of the podcast about friends. And I thought I've been really lucky to make contacts and friends across the industry. And I really do have SIWEM to thank for that. I think I went to a lot of Rivers and Coastal Group study weekends I think I calculated I'd have been every year for about 10 years 
and I met so many people and a lot of us are still in contact today and it's interesting because we can track each other's careers we can see each other in sort of senior leadership positions in the environment agency in water companies in consultancy and what I found is that's a mutual benefit people have come to me sometimes to ask me for support to help them get chartered and I've been really proud to support them and see them succeed but also those people have been there for me as well so I think all of those things have really helped me to progress Great to hear there's some allies regardless of gender as well, actually. I think it's really important, isn't it? Anyone can can be inspirational and it takes everybody, I think, really. We can't just look for women to be the inspiration for women to come through in the same way. That, that would be the same if it were for men, really. So lovely to hear. But I think you're right as well. You make a really interesting point about friendship. That link into Siren, for example, is a good opportunity to sort of blur the lines in a really helpful way in terms of finding common passions and cutting across silos. Claire, if I come to you, what are some of your big moments? There were three that I wanted to mention today. Um, So the first is, we were talking there about, about allies. When I went on maternity leave with my second child, I said to my boss, while I'm off, if a team leader role comes up while I'm off, like it did the first time, um, I would like to know about it because those are the kind of roles I kind of think might be fun to do and I'd like to apply for it. Sure enough, that is what happened. Um, The role was advertised. I interviewed for it when my son was four weeks old, um, (laughs) which was great fun. But the reason I mention it is... My line manager, my director at the time, Matt Hunt in Royal Haskoning, um, he took a chance on me and he said, you know what, you're the best person for the role. I get that you're not available for six months, but I want you to do it. He took that leap. He took that that leap of faith and he, he believed in me. And he said, when you come back to us in August, you've got the team leader role. And I think that was really amazing. There was a real sense of like, he's not just talking the talk, he's walking the walk. And he was willing to kind of put his beliefs into practice there and give me that role and that meant a lot to me and actually when I when I then got into that role it turns out you know I did love it and I, I did love being a line manager being a, a leader for, for my team in that way and that was a real game changer for me in terms of my career because it just I discovered that that leadership uh, route was one I wanted to go down the second sort of following on from that was in the early days of so I, I moved into the environment agency I took on a senior leadership role there and I was really intimidated. The reason for that is I was one of the first women to do the role that I was in. I was managing people who previously, when I'd been on to comment, were managing me. <laughs> I was you know, younger than a lot of the team I was managing. And most of the people doing the role were uh, were older men. And I I got my first formal mentor. So I'd, I'd been talking to a few people and they said, Look, make sure you're while you're here, you get the support that you need. Think about mentoring. There's this mental database. The Environment Agency has a lot of facilities to encourage that sort of thing. Um, and so I reached out to a lady called Claire Dinnis, who many of you know, and um, we had an initial chat and we got on like a house on fire. And we've been talking ever since. Um, we'll be talking later today. We meet every two months or so for a bit of a chat. And that has been game changer for me as well. Claire has really helped and supported me. She's really boosted my confidence. Um, she's helped me realise which things are real issues and which things are just in my head she gave me that push to go for fellow and I started had a bit of a wobble and thought what am I doing who on earth is going to appoint me at fellow at this stage of my life blah blah I'm now pushing her to get her fellow appointment because it's long overdue um (laughs) so so that was really great and the final one just quickly to mention a lady called Jo Jolly at the Environment Agency, um, I was talking to her about the 30% Club mentoring scheme, which is one that I was looking to get involved with. And she said to me, oh, you know, 30% Club is all about improving women at senior level and board level. Have you thought about doing a board role? And I basically laughed and said, um, I think you're confusing me with an old man. Like, why would I be a board <laughs> member? You know, that, that's never a, a space I saw myself in. Sure. 
but it planted a seed. So it was that kind of allyship where you just get people thinking about something they would never have thought about before. Um, and sure enough, a year and a half later, I joined a board of directors for the first time. Isn't that extraordinary, the impact again that others have on us? And Claire, you you dropped in there that you went back to work after six months, is that right? Uh, yes, so I shared parental leave with my other half. That's the other thing I thought about mentioning too when Hannah was talking about friends and that kind of wider network. Actually, the, the single biggest ally I've had in my career has been, been my husband because we shared the parental leave between us. He also works part-time four days a week. So that has also been a game changer for me in terms of what I've been able to do with my career. I'm a little resentful, if I'm totally honest, that I have to be grateful for that because I, I don't think I ever hear a man say, you know, what's up my career? My wife took maternity leave and, and worked part-time to look after the children. But he has done that and it has made a massive difference. And I'm very grateful to him for that. Shout out to Mark if you're there. Lou. <laughs> it's lovely. I'm liking all the shout outs today. This is, uh, this is a novel one for me. It's brilliant. It's wonderful to hear each individual story, I guess, really. And, and for me, I'm hearing themes about mentoring is very much a two-way relationship I definitely feel that with with the person that I mentor I think that she mentors me just as much to be honest with you we started to touch a little bit there on boards and each of you in your intro said that you are sitting on boards and I, I think you're right Claire I mean I joined the Cywen board six or seven years ago and I was inspired to do that by another friend of mine who was doing something similar and it suddenly occurred to me oh that that could be an option so let's just dig into that a little bit because I think boards does still feel like the domain of you've got to be much further on in your career I think less so maybe about gender historically maybe more so but these days it does feel like oh I need to have loads of experience before I'm useful to an organizational board but you're all sitting on boards and you're not near retirement age I can attest to that listeners even though you can't (laughs) see them they're definitely not Emma can I come to you first actually tell us a little bit about the board role that you've got yeah, so I'm a trustee at Nottinghamshire Wildlife Trust. Um, I started as a youth trustee and I've recently sort of been promoted or aged, I don't know which one's better, <laughs> um, to a full trustee. And I started my youth trustee role back during the COVID pandemic. So it was kind of November of 2020. That was a two year term. It was a new role for Nottinghamshire Wildlife Trust. It's I think there's a lot of wildlife trusts and other um, charities as well that are taking on youth trustees to try and diversify their trustee boards because there's certain characteristics that you would expect from trustee boards and so that was something that Nottinghamshire Wildlife Trust were actively trying to work on. They advertised for a youth trustee role it was something I was engaged a little bit in the Wildlife Trust in Nottinghamshire Wildlife Trust but I wasn't doing any volunteering at the time. I'd done some volunteering with them when I was at school and and, and home is Nottinghamshire as well. I grew up in Nottinghamshire so when I saw the role advertised it was something that I really wanted to get involved in and put my academic practices into action because I think when I was at university doing both my undergrad and my master's I was like this is great I really love it I'm learning so much there's so many different aspects to it but I just felt like I wasn't doing anything with it at the time and maybe it was just the point in my life that I was at I wasn't really working full-time like I am now but it was something that gave me a really good opportunity so that's sort of how I fell into it was through an advertised role but then have continued on and sort of getting involved in the different working groups and boards at Nottinghamshire Wildlife Trust now as well. Planet Possible is sponsored by Scube who are at the forefront of innovation, collaboration, digital excellence and customer experience. They help to enable their customers to continuously improve operational efficiencies whilst recognising the importance of and addressing industry-wide challenges such as climate change, the journey to net zero and regularly evolving regulation. At their heart, SKU believe collaboration with customers and industry partners is fundamental to building transformative solutions across the utility sector that ultimately benefit their customers, the consumer and our environment. 
if you're on a board it makes sense and you once you're in you realize what goes on and you can see how you can add value but I think from the outside they can sometimes seem a little bit inaccessible really so from your perspective Emma as somebody who's you know relatively recently stepped up as a full trustee what are some of the reasons that you are on a board what are some of the benefits that you think you get from being on a board I think for me a lot of it is putting into practice a lot of those academic teachings like I said earlier but actually I learned so much from the other trustees that are around me from the discussions that we're having so even though I'm sort of getting to put into practice some of the different principles and the different theories that I've learned I actually am learning from the people around me and that's not something that I I did expect it, but it's just not something that was as evident to me. I'm learning different skills all the time just from the discussions that we're having. We're having discussions about finances. We're having discussions about staffing, things that as a graduate, I wouldn't be learning per se. So it's given me a completely different perspective and way of looking at businesses and sort of really complementary to my day job as well. Yeah, it's not on the advert normally, is it? Everyone's nodding. I think we'd all agree we get exactly the same sort of things. Hannah, how about yourself? You've joined the Siren board fairly recently, haven't you? Yeah, 18 months ago, I became a Cywem trustee. I'd been thinking about it for a few years prior to that. It actually took quite a lot of confidence to apply for it because I I kept thinking, oh, am I the person they're looking for? Have I got enough experience? And then I thought thought about it differently. I flipped it around and thought, actually, I've done a lot in my career that I think I can bring to this and I just need to be brave and take a risk and apply and I applied for it and I uh, practised and practised and practised. Any question they might possibly ask me ahead of the interview, <laughs> definitely worthwhile. I mean, to me, it was having volunteered for Cywen for so long through the Rivers and Coastal Group, through the East and the West Mids branches, through the Flood and Coastal Road and Risk Management Expert Panel and other things. It was a natural progression to me. It's an organisation I really believe in. And it was my opportunity to get some director experience which I thought would benefit me in my day job and, and as it turned out I actually felt like I had two new jobs at once because I joined Binnie's in the summer of 2021 and I became a Cywem trustee and actually it was mutually beneficial because I was picking up skills and experiences that have helped me in both of those roles. And I guess I mean Emma's given us a bit of a feel for you know start of your career gives you access to the kind of conversations that you might not ordinarily be having. And I, and I can completely appreciate that. From your perspective, Hannah, so you're, you're at director level in Binnie's. So what are the benefits for you from being on a board, would you say? Some of it is, it comes back to that point around confidence. It's about reading through all the papers. It's about coming up with, you know, thoughts, things I want to add at the meeting. It's about making those contributions. And then it's about the value of realising I've actually said something that's quite sensible and and valuable. And because I will often get, oh, following on from what Hannah said, or I agree with Hannah. And these are senior people in the public sector, in the private sector, many with many, many years more experience than I have that are agreeing with me. So it's a massive confidence boost, as well as I would definitely agree with the things Emma said, that rounder view of how a business is run in terms of resourcing, the annual cycle with financing, in terms of risk management, etc., which then I've been able to take back into my role in consultancy and think, okay, how are we doing this as a consultancy as a whole and where might that take my career in the future? So it's been able to be able to reflect on that as well. 
It does feel like an opportunity to reflect, actually, I think, when you're in a board environment, it helps you reflect on your day job a little bit as well, doesn't it? Yes, it does, kind of, yeah. That comparison, it's really interesting. And Claire, what about yourself? Yeah, I mean, first off, I would definitely echo those sentiments there. I think taking on a non-exec board role was a scary thought, but it has, I think, hands down been the best thing I've done for my career over the last couple of years. That confidence and that contribution in that senior leadership space, getting exposure to that more kind of strategic level thinking has been really good. I can definitely see times where... I've been able to bring things from how my environment agency thing, team does things into the board. And similarly, there are things that, you know, how to be a good board member that I've been able to take to environment agency leadership teams where I've been able to say, you know, for example, you're asking us here to make a decision, but we don't have enough information for that. And we we have a right to challenge that and say, actually, we need the right data to make the decision you're asking of us. That confidence comes from a non-exec role. I would not have got that otherwise. I have already mentioned I do love rivers. So the River Restoration (laughs) Centre is a way for me to keep keep that going alongside that kind of leadership piece. I absolutely love it because it's just something completely different from a day job. That's really nice. The thing that makes a really big difference for me is that the board itself is a really good bunch of people, really good mix, you know, male, female, different parts of the sector. It's just a really welcoming place for a first board opportunity for me. We've not touched on the time requirement. For me, it's eight days a year and I do that on work time. And that's really appreciated. You know, I value that the the EA is happy to cover my time for that, partly in recognition that that they get as much out of it as I do. We've all taken on board roles with organisations that we're familiar with. If you were on the other side and listening to yourselves now, what advice would you give to people thinking about joining a board? Is it, for example, pick an organisation that you're familiar with to begin with? Or, or having now done that, do you feel like, oh, actually, I could have gone for any board role? You know, we've all come through quite similar routes to get onto those boards. It'd be interesting to unpick that. Maybe, Hannah, can I come to you first? I'd be really interested to know your thoughts on that. I think certainly for a first board role, I think it's important to me to do that for an organisation that I truly believe in. And then and it helps me to put things into context and perspective that I understand SIWEM as an organisation having volunteered for for so long it's also kept me very motivated I suppose one thing I would say is in the future and I'm thinking for 10 years in the future you know I may then take that and say okay how can I take this experience and maybe do that for an organization I'm less familiar with but I'd certainly say as a starting place I found that really valuable I think I would say it does have to be an organization that you're that you believe in because often this work is voluntary you know you have to give your time to do this you need that motivation that Hannah talked about and that is hard if it's not an organization you care about at all it doesn't have to be relevant to your day job um you know I've, I've got friends who are school governors or who um you know are on the board of like a dance group or or a music thing or, or whatever a sports group whatever I think that's fine but it needs to be something you care about because otherwise it's so hard to give the commitment that those organizations need from you as a trustee or a board member Mm. and Emma a slightly different question because you obviously joined as a youth trustee and on the Cywin board that Hannah and I both have sat on we have early career professional sort of trustees as well and that's a relatively new thing for the Cywin board if people listening were thinking about whether to appoint those kind of trustee roles what would you what would you say yeah, I think if any organisation is wanting to appoint people in their early career, youth trustees, early career professionals, just make sure that you're able to support them because I loved my role because there were so many people around that I could ask questions to. Everyone was really invested in the fact that we were having youth trustees at Nottinghamshire Wildlife Trust. So it meant that 
if I did have any questions, people would get back to me. People wanted me to succeed. And that was great because it, it gave me the opportunity to flourish. Whereas if you put someone in that position and they don't have the support and they don't have people to turn to, it can be quite an isolating environment. And especially when I joined during COVID, it was even harder because you're not meeting up in person. So if anyone is out there and they really do want to diversify their board, they really do want to gain knowledge from young people, it's a great opportunity. But just make sure that you've thought about it all and how you're going to support them, who who's going to be there to support them and you have buy-in because um, yeah as everyone said the person will have the motivation if they're applying for it they will be motivated to want to do something it's just giving them the opportunity to be able to act on that and the roles are such a great opportunity to do that. I would agree entirely but I'd also say actually for any new board member that support is critical because whenever you join a board if it's your first board role it can feel so daunting I think to begin with you know suddenly a big pack of papers lands and a room full of people you don't know and you're trying to work out what's the etiquette when you know what can I ask and when and so I think you're absolutely right for all new trustees and non-execs actually that induction and a bit of hand-holding I think is really valuable but absolutely for for early career professionals that's a really good shout I'm just going to pause for a second because Emma I popped in the notes and I realized I didn't ask at the beginning whether you had anything that you wanted to ask Claire and Hannah and and I if that's helpful you might not have but if there is this could be a really good point to slot it in but is there anything you want to ask? Yeah, I think just from the discussions that we've had, something that I was interested in is is how you're all giving back to people within the sector, because it sounds as though you're all doing lots of different things and you've all talked about mentors and um, sort of champions and things like that. Is there any way that you have been able to do that yourselves at this point in your career? Yeah, definitely. I've always thought it's really important um, to, to give back as well as, you know, to develop my own career. So, I've uh, actually not been writing down how many people I've helped to get chartered, but I estimated the other day somewhere between 15 and 20 people so far and counting. So some of those chartered, some of them uh, fellows with Cywem. I'm also a founding, one of the founding members of the Women in Flood and Coastal Erosion Risk Management Initiative that started up about five years ago. So I've got quite heavily involved in that, including helping to run networking events and I'm currently a mentor, so we run mentoring in Women in S um, as small groups of people with a mentor. And it's, I've now, there's two groups of people I've now been mentoring in public speaking, which is a skill I've had to develop myself over the last 20 years, and I'm keen to, to share things. But I would also say, and other people have said this about mentoring, people make comments, and it's really helpful to know that you've helped them. But I've also learned a lot from other people, and, and it's really helpful to hear from people at different stages of their career and to learn from their experiences. Yeah, echo Hannah's points, super important to me, something I've I've enjoyed doing for years. Um, it was one of the things actually when I when I started doing line management, I was like, wow, all this stuff I've done for fun for ages. Turns out that's a job. <laughs> Who knew? So yeah, the group mentoring that women in FCRM do, um, I've done that as a mentor. That was really good, really fun, and a really good way to pay it forward with a, a group of amazing uh, women in the sector. Um, I do work with my local sixth form, some mock interviews with them recently. I've mentored similar to Hannah lots of people through the the Cywem mentoring process um, I, and I've done bits of spot mentoring within uh, the Environment Agency as well and, and helped on some of our outreach work because as you say I think there's always more we can do to raise awareness of the sector and I try and challenge myself on that as well so recently we've been talking a lot about diversity and particularly racial diversity within the Environment Agency one thing I challenge myself on is that actually most of my mentees when I think about it are 
white middle class women in their 30s <laughs> those are my people so um i challenged myself to, to broaden that and i have done a, that sort of changed what i've said yes to um at, and who i've um actively and reactively um offered to mentor and, and support the cywe mentor platform quick plug there um has been really good for that too in, in terms of the breadth of people who need support maybe who aren't in organizations um that have big support networks and so that's been particularly rewarding did you want me to answer Emma? yeah absolutely absolutely i'm slightly overwhelmed by the two answers that have gone before me and this is going to sound decidedly less impressive than than claire and hannah i have a mentee who is wonderful and works the environment agency and i i absolutely sounds trite but i absolutely get just as much if not more from those sessions than uh, she does from talking to me i think really and I've, i've sort of had mentees off and on I spent a lot of my career working for myself and I think it's been really helpful and worked in small organizations as well it's really helpful in some respects doing that because you have to be quite self-motivated because there aren't structured training schemes and mental schemes that are sort of thrown at you and that's the reason I joined a board actually so because I, I went self-employed and thought gosh for my own development I need to do something here because why would anybody else want to develop me so I've I've, I've had informal mentors is what I would say I would describe it almost as like my own little trustee board you know when I have big decisions to make there's kind of a group of people very broad mix of, of backgrounds and, and genders that I would quite often just pick up the phone to and have an informal chat. And a bit like Hannah, I credit Cywem hugely with helping me develop that network. Some of it's come from people that I've worked with, you know, in, in jobs, but I was lucky enough to go to, to Belfast a couple of months back and went to the Northern Ireland branch dinner, which was delightful, and met somebody who I hadn't seen for 20 plus years but I'd been on a young member study tour with to Scotland in 2001 I think and we hadn't seen each other we'd kept in touch via email and then you know we just sort of lost touch but and then he you know just came up to me and said hello and I was like oh it was like we hadn't you know there'd been no time passed really and for me that's the joy of Siwem and so I suppose I suppose a bit of what I do is hopefully this podcast in some respects gives back a bit in that trying to share other stories and voices and connect I am a big fan of the power of connection and you just never know why that might might take you so for me some of it is more about connecting people I suppose really and Siam is a brilliant vehicle I think for doing that because I mean we've all joked about our love for rivers and maps and making a difference but actually it's completely caught it's my part of my value set is is grounded in the environment and my blue peter green book that i can see across my office and my love of the outdoors that's not something that i'm paid to feel i've absolutely feel it so i suppose for me some of the giving back is about hopefully connecting people making useful connections for others as well as some of the more formal stuff like mentoring really so hopefully that helps a little bit oh i'm the interviewer again i need to do that i forgot <laughs> is that does that answer your question yeah, Emma, i guess it absolutely does that was really useful it's great to hear about all the different aspects that you're all involved in as well now as well as the things that you're also gaining from and, and the reflections that you have because yeah i find that whenever i have conversations with people i think that people are reflecting on what they've done but also it's really useful to be sharing that knowledge and to be uh, to be able to to give that to people i guess two final ones for me really one that's maybe a bit quick fire for you all so emma you are not very far away from your sort of 21 year old self really but if you if you were thinking back to just before you joined the sector what advice what advice would you give yourself based on what you know now i think just make sure you look at everything that's available sort of don't say no to anything just keep keep opening doors keep meeting people keep going you'll learn something from everything that you do whether it's taking on a new new job whether it's taking on um, a trustee role whatever it is just make sure that you say yes to things because 
there's always an opportunity out there and you'll learn something from it. And, and if it's a new project, whatever it is, whether it's at university, just always keep your eye out. Don't, don't ever close yourself off. Claire, what about you? What's your uh, advice to your 21-year-old self? Mine builds on uh, on Emma's, really, um, not least because my uh, my 21-year-old self graduated during a recession. And um, I think I have rejection letters from pretty much every consultancy in the UK at the time, many of which don't exist now. I'm not smug about it, but, you know, I lasted longer. Um, the, the advice <laughs> I would give is, is, is to keep going, keep doing things that are relevant and interesting, even if they're not necessarily the thing that you thought it would be after. You know, keep doing things that, that excite you, that get that gut reaction go for those things where you think god you know i don't think i've got a hope in hell but i would love to do that job those are the big ones in hindsight it will look like a plan even though at the time (laughs) it did not feel like a plan (laughs) i feel like i'm gonna write that down and put it on my wall as an inspirational (laughs) in hindsight it will look like a plan brilliant oh claire that's wonderful and hannah how about yourself yeah, I think I use a running analogy, if that's okay, because I like to run as well as uh, loving rivers and coasts. So I would definitely say that, you know, looking back over 20 years, that I think of a career as a marathon and not a sprint and pace yourself and enjoy every mile. You know, you're not just running the marathon to get to mile 25 and run past Buckingham Palace. Enjoy miles one and, and two and make the most of, as other people said, the opportunities that come along and also, you know, following that analogy, remember to fuel yourself and give yourself energy boosts. Uh, I'm not talking about Lucasade, but you know, what I'm talking about is that role there of friends, mentors and allies and those CPD opportunities as they come along. And the last thing I'd say, and I'll say definitely don't do this when you're running a marathon, but be prepared to change course as opportunities present themselves. That's a great analogy as well, really. I think some some wise words from you all. So final question, and I ask everyone that joins us on Planet Possible this. So we have a magic wand here on Planet Possible. And reflecting on our discussions, I'm going to pass you in turn the Planet Possible magic wand. Give it a wave and tell me what you would want to make possible. So Claire, let me come to you first. Just picking up on some of the things I talked about earlier with regards to kind of equality at those more senior levels. I think I've talked a bit about shared parental leave and and men working part time. The thing I'd love to make possible in the UK is or rather the thing I want to make common is for men to take more of those roles. I think if we truly want equality at a senior level um, in the water and environment sector for men and for women, and that involves men doing more at home as well as women doing more in the workplace. I think the pandemic taught us a lot about the value of childcare. Um, The sceptic in me thinks we won't fully value that until it's something that men have to do more of as well. I think we would all benefit from that. Hannah, how about yourself? If I was to wave a magic wand, I would wave it so that women could... I feel like they can aspire to be anything that they want to be. And the thing is, I am seeing this change. So with my own children, I'm seeing them explore the subjects they want to do their A-levels in, the subjects they want to study at university and the careers they want. And I'm not seeing any gender bias in that at all, which is really positive. So the good thing is I can weigh the magic wand, but I feel like we're heading in that direction in any case. Let's throw to Emma for the last word. What would you do with a magic wand, Emma? Yeah, I think those are both two brilliant answers. And I think to, to give something that would build on that as well is to, to have more of those 
I think I'd, I'd want to see more small opportunities, more of those opening door opportunities available to everyone, whether it's uh, water companies, whether it's consultancies, whatever it is, environment sector has so much to offer. And I think those those small little opportunities, whether it's work placements, whether it's internships, whatever it is, more of those being offered that young people can go into. That would be my one wish, because I think if anyone can see what it's like, they will love it. And if they don't, then I think also the companies will learn from it as well. And I think there'll be a lot of women that probably don't look at that as a as an opening opportunity and charities as well sort of get getting those small opportunities out there whether it's mentoring for trustees whether it's those small opportunities just having those opportunities available more of them for everyone brilliant some wise words from you all I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation we have as ever, run out of time. So I'm going to have to draw it to a close. Thank you all for joining us. I hope you found the conversation insightful too. I hope it's given you something to reflect on maybe in your career. You can subscribe to the pod on your usual podcast player to never miss an episode. And we'd love to hear your ratings and reviews too. And I'm looking forward to sharing the last bit of the season with you before we finish. So all that leaves me to say is a huge thank you to our wonderful guests today, Claire Rogers, Emma Sherburn and Hannah Coogan. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And that's it for now, everyone. Stay safe and we'll see you next time. Planet Possible is produced by Bulb. B-W-L-B, Bulb. The best ideas, the strongest content.